What's going on, everybody? We're back for 2021. Relaunching somewhat after the 2020 duck season failure for us. A lot of stuff happened that we'll discuss in later episodes, but uh, for the most part, this is we're renaming the podcast. Uh, we're going to call it the off season, and uh, it's going to be just kind of like that. Uh, we're not going to really podcast anymore during the duck season. Uh, we're going to just leave at the hunt. We didn't train really during the duck season. Uh, we took a month off in March, and now hitting it back up for around the April time frame. So here we are in the off season. Got Court Barrett with me. Yeah. Also going to be having a. Uh, another co-host come on here and there more regularly, old Dr. Shane Sykes, uh, and uh, on our regular episodes. But just going to kind of welcome y'all back to the the podcast. Um, it was a rough duck season, but like I said, we'll talk about that later <laughs> in a later podcast when we have more time. Um, but here in Tennessee, uh, we're a week out from the the 2021 turkey season, spring turkey season. Uh, they just got done with the youth hunt, um, youth hunt this past weekend, Court Barrett did with my, with my boy Jackson, uh, you can tell us about that, how, tell us about the week leading up. Uh, week leading up, uh, been calling for rain, so I would just, I would listen whenever I could, and if they were calling for good chances of rain, I pretty much sat out, but, uh, Thursday I found, a. Found a good hard goblin turkey. Uh, figured that's the one we would go after, and uh, I think Friday, yeah, Friday it rained that morning, so I didn't go listen on Friday. I just kind of assumed he'd be in the same area. Um, then uh, Jackson came over, stayed the night. Friday night, uh, got up to hunt Saturday, and we had a we had a really good hunt. Um, just. Uh, Sat there, or we got to where we wanted to be, sat there, bird started hammering away. Um, uh, called to him, he gobbled on the limb, uh, gave him some more soft calling, gobbled again, and wasn't too long, he was flying down, but uh, he had somewhere he wanted to be on his mind. We circled around on him, got set up, uh, actually called him into shooting range, uh, uh, just kind of thick, kind of, you know, uh, Try, trying to teach the right ways, you know, making ethical shots. And uh, Jackson made a, a call on his own to not pull the trigger. And uh, probably for the better, it's through a little bit of thick stuff. Uh, turkey was there in front of us, but had some branches and twigs and stuff in the way. So proud of him for, uh, you know, not not making a questionable shot. Uh, but, uh, you know... Uh, and we didn't get a chance to hunt this morning together. He had places to be, so but we we had fun. Uh, he had a blast. So uh, we heard we heard four or five different birds gobbling. So um, hopefully this turkey season is off to a good start. I'm ready to see where it goes. So as a non-turkey hunter, I've got a couple of questions that I probably asked you before. But um, as far as turkeys go, obviously they're not like ducks, and they're they're not in a migrating kind of thing. So the so you said you you know you're scouting about a week out or whatever, and you and you heard them gobbling in a certain spot. Are you pretty? Are they pretty much going to stay in that general vicinity, or are they going to kind of do they move around a lot? Uh, they they've got different. I guess you could say, from from what I've gathered through school and other podcasts and listening to other people. Tur- turkeys, a flock of turkeys will have roughly, give or take, a 1,500-acre home range. Um, and that varies, you know, because 
Uh, some places might be better for for fall habitat compared to spring habitat. You hear guys all the time, uh, you know, going going into winter time. You know, they're seeing flocks of gobblers everywhere. But once springtime gets there, you know, they they don't have any turkeys whatsoever to be found. That's because it's not good springtime habitat that they're looking for. And mainly what you're what they're looking for, you know, they're looking for food, but mainly uh, nesting habitat uh, for for hens laying eggs and stuff. So, um, if if you've got the springtime habitat, you know that, that's where the turkeys want to be. But as far as like you know, listening to them, if they're undisturbed, it seems a lot of times uh, in my part of the woods where I hunt, undisturbed turkeys will roost. You know, in um, you know within a hundred yards the night before it's like they make a big circle throughout the day and you know they're not going to fly up in the same tree but they're going to be pretty close and uh in my experience as well you know other people might have other experiences but uh if i'm hunting a turkey that's you know somehow manages to slip away keep slipping away you know as long as i'm not bumping him spooking him or anything like that you know i'm going to know where I'm going to have a different idea of where to set up the next day because he's going to be fairly close to the same spot. So that being said, yes, when you're going, when you're, so you've been listening and when you're going to set back up, I mean, are you setting up in that a hundred yard area? Or are you sitting outside that hundred yard circle? I guess. Uh, I, I try to be, I try to be about a hundred to 150 yards from them before they fly down that that's just what i like personally uh a lot of people you know they like to get right up in the wheelhouse uh um i'm just kind of not that way i i i'm more more cautious i guess i could say whenever i turkey hunt uh i'm very very you know i might i might walk three miles in a turkey hunt but i'm going to be very cautious and i'm going to have a hundred sets probably because I'm gonna I'm gonna give that bird a little time to work. Uh, I'm gonna listen to him gobble on the limb a lot. You know, even though I probably could get closer, I just always I have a fear that I'm gonna get get spotted or and spook a bird. And that's the last thing I want to do is uh, booger one up. You know that, that I could, you know, that that, that I'm on. So. Always hear about their eyesight, but is what about their other senses? Can they uh, smell? You don't really do anything no, with sense stuff. No, sense really not not that big of a thing. Uh, uh, you know, their sight is what everybody knows them for because they've got the best eyes on the continent probably, um, and um, uh, hearing is very well as well. They, they can hear really well. Uh, they, they can pretty much pick you out wherever you're sitting if you're if you're calling they they know exactly where that call's coming from it seems like uh so um i can't get into the i guess you could say the science the brains behind it but eyesight and hearing are definitely you know what keeps a turkey alive especially their eyes uh that's probably another reason why we it's probably another reason why we didn't kill because uh, you know we just didn't want to move and spook anything well you always want to hash like you always say hashtag like ridge runners. What's the ri- the term ridge runners? Uh, What's j- the meaning behind that? J- j- is that something you? Cr- I I don't know if I you know j- j- that's just something you know it, joking around. Somebody said something one day about thunder chickens or something like that, and 
I, I've heard people say it before, but and and but I I it was like one of those things like I said it and then I was like you know then somebody else I like months later like and people from a different state you know or I, I don't know where I was I heard somebody say Ridge Runner I thought huh that's funny that's what that's what I call them too yeah it's just it, you know you got Ridge Runners you know Thunder Chickens you know people everybody's got a different names for them you know we we just have big ridges in Dover Tennessee there so, you go and they. If if you ever get behind a turkey, it seems like they're running, even though they might be walking. You know, it's hard to catch up with them. So I I definitely didn't come up with the name, but in my own mind, you know, I didn't hear, I didn't get it from anybody else. I said it myself, but other people have said it before. <laughs> gotcha. Well, so we're going into the adult week next weekend. Um, I did notice yesterday you were decked out in some Drake. Old Tom gear I was, I, and the custom real tree timber. I, I, I treated myself uh, uh, back in February. <laughs> so I, I noticed you had on like a little lightweight kind of looking shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, did you have the old Tom pants? Uh, I had the, uh, let's see, I had the old Tom, I can't remember what it was, uh, tech, the thin tech shirt. Um, but my pants were the, um, well, we started talking about old time stuff, and I forget the name of everything. Uh, I had the tactical pants, uh, uh, the ones that they've got. Uh, they had a call. It's, I'm just going to call them the tactical pants because that's what I'm thinking of right now. They've got call slots on the yeah. side, like you can carry. You can put. I can put two slate calls in my in my slate call holder on my pants leg. It's got pockets for your striker. It's got a pocket for your box call, even, um, and it's got a, a cargo pocket on your left side that i keep my mask and gloves in that are also super thin i get i get you know it's april you know once we start hunting you know yeah it's it's hot did uh, uh did you tell me you were going to be done with the vests i would like to say i'm going to be but i'm not i just after well i say i'm not i lose my vest more than one person should because i get myself in a situation and I take my vest. I lose my decoys and my vest more than I do anything because I will take my vest off and end up crawling up to a tree or something like that. And then you know, like a ridge runner, I, I the the, ch- the chase is on, and I leave my vest and my decoys behind. And you know, uh, you know, if I'm getting in a serious you know turkey chase, uh, so I typically end up by the end of the day. You know, it's like. Uh, by the end of the morning hunt, you know, it's like 10 o'clock, and then I've got to walk a mile back just to find my vest and decoys. Well, so coming up in a year, coming up a week out, you just doing the same thing? Just gonna yeah, be, I'm going to be going out listening? I'm going to go listen tomorrow. Uh, I don't know where I'm going to listen yet. Uh, uh, might listen out here at the farm or might go uh, to one of my other spots around the county, but... Um, I'm not a hundred percent yet. So we've done like we've done podcasts on like the the land management aspects and stuff like that. But are you you're managed obviously by clearing, you know, undergrowth and stuff like that. You're managing for and you're trapping too. Um, mm-hmm. You're you know you're doing stuff. But is that like when you're doing your land management stuff? I think we were talking about deer, but you're doing it for turkeys too. Right. Yeah. yeah. Tur- turkeys are pretty much. In- Seems like a deer can live anywhere, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I don't really like focus. Like whenever I'm thinking of land management, I'm mainly thinking about my birds. M- mainly, uh, I want to try to keep you know 
I, you know, I, I obviously I don't have 1,500 acres to encompass a whole home range, but I want the turkeys on my farm as much as possible. So, uh, you know, I try to look at everything because you want nesting cover, you want, uh, you want areas for brood rearing. So you want, uh, man, you know, you got to have trees for, you got to have roost trees, obviously. that That's probably the easiest one out of all of them to have because most people don't want to do any kind of timber management. They like it to look pretty and, you know, big, you know, big hardwoods and stuff like that. So that's what turkeys look for to roost. So that's all good part of the property. It's typically the, 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 the dirty stuff, you know, the, you know, you got to have some thick areas for cover because, uh, you know, hen wants to get in there where she can feel protected, uh, you know, like on some field edges and stuff like that. Uh, and, you know, like I said, tra trapping's a big part. Uh, I've really got into the trapping game kind of, and I, I like trapping nest predators. I don't really trap the big predators uh, more, more so because, you know, I've heard that, you know, coyotes will kill coons and stuff. But yeah. I but me personally, if I see a coyote, I'm going to shoot one, but I am not going to try to catch a coyote in a foothold trap. I have no no desire to do that. <laughs> I, I'm gonna catch possums, skunks and coons and Ethan's doing a good job at catching the big Ethan, stuff. Ethan's doing a good job at catching everything. But but I'm I'm going to go after the 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 ones that especially coons, the one that target the nest the heaviest. Well, so, like I said, a week out, what's your, what's going to be, Robert, we didn't want to do a long podcast on this one, but what's your, what's going to be, give me your go-to, your gun, I know you're wearing Drake, old time, right. but go, give me your gun setup, gun shells, and your calls. Gun call shells, alright. And uh, your decoys. You're using avians. I'm using avians, I'm, I'm a huge fan of avian X decoys, uh. Uh, so I've got my avians, uh, all set up. That's what me and Jack used the other day. Uh, gun set up. I've got a Stoger, uh, uh, P350. Um, so it, you know, it shoots pump three and a half. Yep. Pump three and a half. Uh, I've got the heavy 13 choke tube with Is that uh, from heavy shot. Yep. Okay. Uh, and I shoot the Magnum blends, uh, which is a mixture of five, six and seven shot. Uh, that's what I use. That's that's why I've used in all my guns. Doesn't matter if it's Mossberg uh, or Stoger. That's all I've ever shot. Uh, but that—that's my setup. That's what I love. That's what patterns the best, in my opinion. Uh, I don't fool around with any TSS or anything like that, which—which which are interesting to me. But you know, I just don't have any any use for them in my mind. Even when I'm shooting my 20 gauge, I've got a heavy 13 choke tube and a Magnum blends. Um, but and then what was the other question? Calls. 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 Uh, my mouth calls. I my favorite mouth call is a WP one, which is uh, the Will Primo's uh, signature series. Uh, that's what I. That's what I use. That's what I have in my mouth every single time I'm uh, calling at turkeys uh, with a mouth call. Uh, pretty much, I carry it around every day of season that I'm hunting. Uh, slate calls. Uh, I use. Uh, uh, custom made calls i use the matt mclean uh he's from carlisle i use his slate calls i've got uh persimmon based uh slate call that i use with a black locust striker and then i have um let's see what's my other one i want to say my other one's a a walnut 
pot with a glass surface with what uh with a full metal jacket striker and uh it's got a purple wood heart tip on it and the shaft of it is made out of a full metal jacket eastern or eastern uh eastern arrow uh and then for a box call uh uh take a lot of flack for it but i'm not really a fan of the box calls i don't carry them much but i do have a zinc um i've got a zinc box call that's okay all, that's all well, i know i, I know I'm you weren't a fan it. of box calls i, I, I knew that they're just big and bulky and i'm i'm fast and you know slim a ridge runner yeah that's right so um uh box calls they rubber bands break and they slam together and yeah. make noise so i i I carry one, but it stays in the vest on the ground somewhere go. a mile away from me if I get to running. Well, um, good luck this weekend. We'll Thank try you. to recap Sunday after after the fact. And me or Shane, one will probably probably Shane. You'll probably want to go with Shane. Well, <laughs> we'll take you. Take we'll see. I want to go. I want to go. It'd be easier to go with you, but Haley's not a good guide. Maybe Shane will hook me up with a turkey. Um, that being said, I do want to do a shout out. Barrett's tired over Tennessee. Always got the hookup. Got some Ion 20s on the new truck with some America's tires. Thank you, Court, Chris, for all that help. And the guys down there got the good crew. Also, if you're in the area, around April 19th is the date. Um, and I believe it's at Old Glory Distilling Company, uh, Old Glory Distilling Company out in Clarksville. Clarksville Chapter of Ducks and Lemon will be doing a, uh, a, Firearm Frenzy, you can buy your tickets online. It's kind of like a rifle. Got a lot of guns going up there. Me and Court got roped into being committee members for for the next town over's uh, Ducks Unlimited. So uh, we'll see where that goes, Take where that takes us. Uh, maybe meet some uh, new people, new po- new podcast guests. Always Drake, Drake Waterfowl, Old Tom. That's what Court's wearing. It's what we wear during our, I got a non-typical jacket on right now. I love it. Um, that being said, we got a lot of stuff. There's been a lot of big things happen this off or this this past season that we'll be telling you guys about in uh, future episodes. More guests, more tips. Uh, I mean, more stuff coming. It's going to be an exciting year, and we thank y'all for the support. And we will catch y'all next weekend. Good luck if you're turkey hunting uh, this coming up weekend t- weekend in Tennessee. You got anything to add? I don't. All right, man. We're back. We'll see y'all later. <laughs>